Hey everybody and welcome to uh, the Jesus Walks podcast again. Um, for this week we are um, arriving at a topic in our series uh, about healing um, and now it's the third topic. Uh, we have covered like um, physical healing and also like inner healing and then now it's what we would call spiritual healing or deliverance as the bible would talk about it more specifically so and we are on the discipleship track of the podcast and um, so the topic of today is is pretty much how to pray for deliverance for people or how to bring people to freedom spiritual freedom and healing um, so with me today we have martin in sweden and uh, is down in riga and I'm sitting in Bergen. So, yeah, guys, I think we, we can just open up the topic by asking that foundational question. Like, is this thing about deliverance, like spiritual freedom, um, is it a topic uh, that is just like from the Bible? Like I, I just was reading here now in the beginning of Mark that it says in chapter three that, that Jesus appointed 12 um, apostles. He called them that, and then he gave them power to, to drive out the evil spirits. And then he, he sent them out to heal and deliver people and preach about the, preach the good news about the kingdom. Um, so, but uh, but uh, for you guys, when you have entered into this kind of serving with Jesus, meeting with people in your context in Sweden and Latvia, um, have you seen this as relevant and, and um, how has it been relevant for you? Maybe Morten, you can, you can start it off. Um, yeah, I um, I would say that in a, in a Swedish church environment, this isn't uh, an area that we talk so much about. Um, but, uh, and uh, when, when we, we say that this is a, yeah, this is an issue and a problem that is much more, much stronger in uh, in other parts of the world. Um, but then we also, I would say, uh, um, yeah, often give it a little bit too less uh, um, attention, and we are uh, we aren't helping people out because we we don't think that this is an an issue at all. Um, and I I think. Uh, I think in a more because this is is a is a spiritual battle in a spiritual way. So of course in cultures when you have more of occult spirits and people are into uh, other kinds of religions and spirits, then you will get more of these kind of issues than in more secular societies. I I, I can. Uh, Mm-hmm. I think I can confirm that from my experience that it's uh, it's mm-hmm. on a different level in many other cultures. But uh, to say that it's uh, it's not a problem at all in Sweden, it's it's uh, it's totally wrong. Um, and um, yeah, I met it, come across it, uh, um, yeah, both in in the church and and outside uh, several times. Uh, yeah, just like just like in the in the gospels in the Bible. In the synagogue yeah. Yeah, and out yeah. uh, in the village. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's right. 
Thank you, Martin. What about you, Martis? What would you say about the Latvian context? Have you seen much need for deliverance there? Yeah, I think in the, when we talk about the context I come from here in Latvia, Riga, um, it's quite easy when we look to the country itself and, and the global understanding for people. Uh, there is this uh, paganistic uh, historical background. So uh, the, the kind of whole topic of spirituality, uh, kind of demons, Satan, uh, it would be mentioned in a lot of names of the caves and locations and, and, and holy places and yeah, uh, mystical stories. So, so it has been like part of the kind of culture, even storybooks and et cetera. So, so it's been, it, it, it's been kind of present, uh, of course, with the Western society and modernization, these things kind of have blurred at the same time, yet it's uh, become more blunt and obvious that so many people, almost every second, third people have gone to witchcraft lady, uh, you know, fortune telling. So it would be, uh, people wouldn't talk about it uh, kind of publicly because it would be sound a bit foolish. At the same time, there would be a big uh, superstition belief, huge here in Latvia. So people would yet be very kind of spiritual minded, uh, yet not associating that with like, of course, evil spirits, but more like spirituality altogether. Uh, and at the same time, I think altogether for the church, uh, the church has been quite passive in this area, I would say altogether and, and maybe ignoring mm. that uh, or be, that being a bit of taboo or uh, not. Yeah. Uh, not wanting to touch it so much. So, yeah. Yeah. How, how did you get into it yourself? Do you remember how it started that you became aware? Yeah, I can. I really remember. I I was uh, in early twenties. I just started studied theology, and I was uh, staying overnight with a friend uh, who lived here in in Gothenburg. And he and I was watching a movie, and another friend called us and says that, "Yeah, we are having an issue here with. Uh, uh, we are rehearsing with my band, and uh, one guy is." Um, having problem with his stomach and we when we pray in Jesus name he he jumps around or or uh, and they want to throw up so can you come and the funny thing with this guy <laughs> is that he was he was uh, <laughs> born and raised in a, in a church i think in a pentecost church and he was been leading worship on a christian conference can that happen that he can lead worship <laughs> yeah but because actually this, this was uh, quite funny I guess because he, he said that yeah I have some experiences in my life uh, like leading worship at this conference that I got uh, so my, my stomach hurt so much so I, I have to leave the tent uh, and in some other service, uh, so he had some experiences while he um, he need to uh, to yeah leave uh, church gatherings, but just a few of them. Mm. Um, and uh, we um, yeah he he had several spirits that we have to to cast out that night, um, and uh, the I think just. Um, Yes, to give an introduction about this, the the Christian and the the spirits. I, I have a friend who who studied the revival in the Lutheran church in Ethiopia. 
that uh, my denomination is connected with. It's an extremely interesting church that is today growing by 300,000 a year. Uh, and a lot of them are coming to Christ through uh, deliverance and healing. Um, but then my friend were studying there and he said, the one, one local uh, priest, he was so happy because he said, yeah, like a couple of years ago, it took 30 minutes of worship before the spirits start revealing themselves in the Sunday service. But today, like we have been able to increase the, the spiritual uh, anointing. So now it's just 20 minutes of, of uh, devoted worship before <laughs> the spirits are are revealing themselves. Um, so from his point of Okay, we are back. Yeah. Sorry. We can hear you, Martin. It's yeah, good. good. Yeah. Something yeah. happened. Pro mm. But um, yeah, so, so from his point of view, uh, the the spirits didn't reveal themselves until uh, um on a certain level of uh, of um yeah anointing or uh, um god's mm. power in the meeting mm. and that also <clears throat> give me an understanding to this guy who, who's been able to be in the church and also been able to be in, in certain christian conferences and and uh, it was just as Maya then, uh, when I think about it, is when the, 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 the spiritual level has become that strong that he, he had challenges. But on a normal Sunday, he didn't have challenges in his church. Mm. And, and no one had noticed this. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. That's, uh, that's also what we see with Jesus, that when he was walking around, uh, actually these evil spirits manifested right when he yeah. came yeah. in people so they were kind of so i think that's one thing to that we need to remember that that spirits that uh, people need to be delivered from might hide in them in a sense so that's why in in regular society in our our kind of european societies you don't always you're not always so aware of these things at all but when God moves in and is present and strongly present, uh, they can come to the surface in a different way, perhaps, you know. And, but then Martin, says, um, Mar Martin commented a bit on it already, but, but what about this question you had? Like, can that happen? But what about the Christian and the need for deliverance? Yeah, it actually, it kind of goes together with like uh, also my introduction personally to the, the whole um, uh, ministry or reality of deliverance, I guess, like mm. intellectually, uh, you know, I read it in the scriptures, it was there, obviously, I believe the the word of God, you know, uh, the full oracle of God. So, but at the same time, uh, it wasn't something uh, I was experiencing uh, when I was growing up or uh or didn't uh, witness that in the circles uh, uh, around. So people love Jesus, but somehow this topic of evil spirits and deliverance was a bit taboo. So it, it usually was more like uh, somewhere on the side. So um, when uh, we started a church plant and we had a gathering in one of the homes, and I remember we had like as well musical worship. 
and teaching. Uh, and it's interesting. And in actually in uh, Mark, Mark one, it says, you know, the story where Jesus was in Capernaum, he entered the synagogue, he starts teaching mm. and what happens, uh, <laughs> classic gathering, right? So there is a guy uh, starting to uh, cry out uh, like um, with an unclean spirit, uh, Mark says, and Jesus rebukes him uh, publicly, be silent and come out of him and the unclean spirit in verse 26, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. So so we see it was like a messy uh, church gathering, we could say in the synagogue. But but what, what happened when we were gathering was we had a musical worship time as well, just a church gathering. And, and one of the fellow believers, um, a younger girl uh, in her faith, uh, after the uh, after the worship, said that as the worship was uh, happening, she she felt like uh, quite dark uh, voices in her head, and it's been something she had experienced before but hadn't shared. And these voices basically said, uh, "Do not go for prayer. Uh, do not tell anybody about this." And there were like very clear uh, direction uh, which she heard, like kind of audibly or in a in a uh, thought level. So, but she dared to share it with a uh, with a fellow sister. And the sister approached me and eventually we ended up with three of us praying for this girl. And, you know, in the beginning, I just approached it as a regular prayer, but uh, quite soon it turned out, you know, that, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite, quite uh, physical, uh, like the demon was harassing the girl and, and it was, uh, yeah, something we hadn't experienced. So it was, you know, praying all the verses I know from the scripture. And eventually I was, uh, yeah, to see the spirit didn't leave uh, the girl for quite some while. And, Eventually, when we just kept praying and persisting, um, like by the name of Jesus, uh, that was like the shift and, and the evil spirit left. And I still remember to this day, I was, uh, the meeting ended, I was going back to the bus to go home. And I was, you know, uh, I was teaching even that day, but I remember I was so astonished. I was thinking the name of Jesus is so powerful. You know, uh, I read about it. I, I believed about it theoretically, but I hadn't experienced actually the the demonic uh, reality bowing down uh, by the authority of Jesus and that he he's uh, ruling above it. So, so since then I realized, okay, there is so much more to explore in this uh, topic. Um, yeah. So that was my introduction uh, to it. Um, but yeah, the question I guess you mentioned was about. About the, like a Christian, can a Christian need to be delivered from a spirit? Uh, well, yeah. Um, we see, like, I guess I can give some some uh, points in this. Uh, we see that uh, Paul speaks about this topic uh, in some various forms. So we see in, uh, maybe the most obvious in letter to Ephesians, he speaks about the spiritual warfare uh, in uh, verse in chapter six, and uh, and we see that. Um, the context is that there is this uh, warfare happening not against flesh and blood, but against the cosmic powers, uh, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, and he says that we need these armors to withstand uh, the, the uh, demonic fight, that we actually need uh, God's power in his armor because there are schemes of evil uh, pointing towards us. So he says it's a real fight. Uh, though Jesus has conquered the Satan, sin and death, he, he's, you know, ruling uh, Messiah, yet, uh, you know, we are still uh, kind of... Uh, uh, eliminating uh, th that reality outside uh, and we are kind of expanding God's kingdom because of Jesus reign and rule by his authority and so uh, we are in this fight where Jesus has won yet we have to uh, we have to uh, act upon it 
And we see in the same letter that he says this interesting thing to the Christians in Ephesus. He says, uh, oh, chapter 4, uh, 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. And suddenly he says, and give no opportunity to the devil. So he speaks about like uh, sin and pointing out not to go in sin. And suddenly he connects uh, the sin uh, with the access or so, so to say open door to the de demon, devil, Satan, uh, demonic. And uh, yeah, uh, we could we could look at Second Corinthians about the thorn in the flesh uh, as well, but I will not go there. But yeah, if we look in the context as well, uh, we see that, yeah, it's hard to uh, fully understand, but possibly we see that it's a messenger of Satan that has been sent. Uh, so it's something physical. He, uh, Paul experiences yet he, uh, he explains it as a, a messenger of Satan. Um, messenger could be uh, translated also as an angel of Satan, you know. So, um, so what we see in the scriptures in different places is that though uh, you can be a born-again believer and the Holy Spirit indwells you, uh, he, he is the owner of you, yet you can choose to sin and you can choose to kind of not align your life with God. And in those moments when you walk in sin, uh, you can and you give access and opportunity. Not always it becomes demonic, uh, you know, again, and not every sin is a spirit. So we have to be like careful and have wisdom in these areas. But uh, sin is like an open door to um, demonic This in the same way as holy life is a doorway to Holy Spirit, right? So so uh, as Christians, we we can, I believe, and I have experienced it so countless times, and mostly the deliverance I have uh, seen has been to believers. Uh, and yet, uh, yeah, not every sin is a, a spirit. Uh, I know people that goes to extremes uh, about this. So there can be either denial of the spirit, spiritual life, or everything it becomes spirit. So I think we need discernment uh, of the spirit and wisdom <clears throat> in these things. But yeah, I believe it's possible. And I think God, of, word of God speaks about it as well. No, thanks. Yeah, I think uh, a way to look at it is also that there is a deliverance ministry in the in the New Testament. And also, like, I was looking here at Paul when he was traveling out on his missionary journeys. And when he talks about um, in chapter 19 that even his clothes, like, or, or pieces of clothing that that he had had um, had, had on himself, they took that and they put it on people and and there were uh, healing happening and evil spirits were leaving people and and of course with Jesus you see it a lot uh, and I believe also in the early church they say that the deliverance ministry was like a standard type of thing they would do um, connected to people being baptized and so like so that that it is present you know. Uh, there so clearly in the Bible, I think points to that there is a need for it, right? There's a reason why it it, it is there and that it is being done. Uh, so so I think so. Um, thinking about my own meeting with this whole topic, I think it was when I when I was born again, and uh, I started like a life in the Holy Spirit, and uh, the spirit realm somehow just opened up to me. It was like I got a new sense of the, the invisible realm and and then i started more to see these things more clearly so i remember for example uh i met sometimes people and i could see in their eyes that there, there was something there something different than just themselves um, and i could i could just see it in their eyes that they were like uh, some kind of 
confusion or or something related to lust or things like that and for example with some someone who were in the new age environment for example i could see it quite clearly or feel it sometimes or like it was like in the beginning for me it was more like i experienced and i saw and stuff um and uh um, and I think a key in this um, is actually to go go into prayer, you know, to pray and get to know God. Because I think ultimately the Holy Spirit is the one also who gives you like also discernment to understand about these things when it comes to people's need of, of, of being delivered. It's not only having knowledge that in their past they were in New Age or something and you assume that there might be some spirits or spirits there, but it's also... The Holy Spirit can can reveal, can give discernment, and so that's also part of the part of it, so to say. So, um, yeah, like um, I also think, like Martin says, that um, probably, and also Martin says that in in places where there is a, a lot of uh, religious or spiritual uh, like dedication, uh, like paganism or. Uh, other types of religions where people very by their own decision open themselves up to spirits or to the you know in worship of some sort or in rituals and stuff that you would find more of this problem even uh, than when it's not so that's maybe the the clearest thing but i think just as we have seen as well for for people who are coming to faith like new believers uh, or people who already are believers, but they have some clear things that they they can't get free from it somehow. It like they are kind of kept in bondage in some some kind of area, and they just can't kind of get out somehow. And then you find that that there was a, a spirit that they needed deliverance. So, um, um, how how would you guys then go about? praying or helping a person that has a that 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 need this freedom like if you have never done it before like marxist what what would you say uh yeah um well uh, i was just wanting to point out uh, i think as we um before we as we drive into the practicals is that uh, in Matthew 4 uh, 24 it says about Jesus and i think it applies very much to the house and the practicals it says that his fame spread throughout all syria and they brought him all the sick those afflicted with various diseases and pains okay so we see the physical problems yeah uh, so we ha- we are in the healing series we have touched the physical <clears throat> and then it says those oppressed by demons those having seizures and paralytics and what did jesus that did it says and he healed them so <clears throat> so we see uh, um Matthew applying the idea of healing both to the physical and as well like the spiritual root issues. And we see that elsewhere in the Gospels as well. Uh, I think um, about the, you know, different roots uh, for both the physical. Sometimes it can be a spiritual root. Sometimes it's just a physical thing. Uh, the lady with the disabling spirit uh, as well. Example, uh, uh, we see that the author of Gospel explains that uh, yeah, that Jesus knew that it was the spirit behind the physical uh, problem, not being able to bend over for the lady. Uh, so, so why I'm mentioning this is because I think when we come to the topic of deliverance, <clears throat> it can come in many from many different angles. And uh, the first thing I would uh, say uh, on the practical side is what you just mentioned: is uh, 
we need uh, to be close with the Holy Spirit and we need yeah. to ask the gift of discernment. Mm-hmm. Why? Because mm-hmm. uh, what I see often people want to approach this uh, ministry uh, with like a formula based uh, mentality. So you kind of check the boxes. And again, it's not bad to sometimes look at different scenarios and etc. But my experience shows that each person is so uniquely different wired. <laughs> we can't know and we can't uh, know the details behind the person. Only the spirit of God can. So, so my first suggestion would be actually to, uh, for you to pray, to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the, the discernment, uh, the gift of discerning of spirits. Because, uh, you know, there's different spirits. We need to discern where the Holy Spirit works. We need to know where the evil spirits are present and etc. So so that would be the first thing. Uh, secondly, yeah, I guess it depends on, on the context. So uh, sometimes what I have mentioned in different episodes as well, uh, sometimes deliverance is the end goal, uh, but it starts with uh, talking about like uh, relationships. Uh, you know, it starts with just like counseling. It's like, uh, and a bit like what we talked previously episode in about inner healing often, and I would say very often, the inner healing is connected also with the deliverance part at the end. There, there are many people would experience as they confess, something starts to uh, physically, as they start to talk about the deep, deep things. Often I would just encourage the person to say, just share as you, as we pray, as we talk, if you start to feel any physical, even a kind of sense, sometimes it can be, sometimes not. And people would often start to feel something kind of pushing like a, in their lungs or in the stomach or like a, a sense of vomiting, as Martin, you mentioned, different expressions, sometimes headache, huge headache. And there will be a sense of something is holding them. And so uh, as the, therefore, usually we kind of go towards the confession and repentance. That's that's the trigger that breaks uh, the, the access to the, the, the demonic. Because, and, because Martin, it, it can be that this spirit has been related somehow to sin that they have done or somebody yeah. have done against them, right? For example, or yeah, that's why yeah. you want to go into also repentance and kind of clean the place in a sense yeah yeah uh and 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 that would be especially with the fellow believers that would be the 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 key right uh and my experience would show that after their repentance it's like you can just command the spirit you know to to leave and it will sometimes manifest sometimes not and again it's not about the outwardly expression sometimes it's just like super simple and the person feels like peace you know the, the heaviness just went away sometimes it can be very physical and and it, uh, it it's quite a fight and we see in scriptures it's a lot of convulsions and falling around and loud loud cries so it can get uh, kind of ugly in a, in a way but that's that's the reality of of uh, the, the demonic so yeah uh, mm-hmm. but again guys you can add and no but it's, this is good we're getting into it now this is good yeah, yeah martin you want to add yeah but, but i think uh, yes to to um add a bit to you marx is um for example, if a person have problem with his stomach, it could be demonic. It could be physically that they have uh, uh, eaten too little or drinking too little or sleep too little. But it also can be on a, on a mental level that you're so worried to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> and so the discernment is, is crucial because if you are trying to... Uh, cast out the demon because the the lady is is word going to school because she's bullied then you you are in big mm. trouble so that's good um then it, I gets, had a, then it gets I, worse I, for the lady sorry then it will get worse for the lady. yeah i have a and yeah an experience about this that was awful <laughs> awful i, I can't really handle it because i got 
uh, actually it was my uh, some leaders in my church got called to um, yeah got called home to uh, by a by a wife and they asked me to join so I joined them and the lady they were quite newly married maybe 23 years old or something like that and she said to her husband when we came okay so here they are and they're gonna uh they they're gonna cast out the demons from you <laughs> we're <laughs> we encouraging said, uh, oh, okay uh and i i just felt the lord says no it's not a de- demonic thing at all this is this is on inner healing so i take it took uh, i i I took some conversation with this guy private and it wasn't demonic at all, but it definitely had some inner healing issues. Uh, but uh, you need the first one is this with the, to get the clarification because you, you are hurting so much. Yeah. Because um, if yeah. someone has, uh, has a mm-hmm. um, stomach problem and you say, go and eat and drink and have a good night's sleep, if it's right or wrong it doesn't matter it's it's you you're not mm. making any anything worse or harm uh but if you're saying now we're going to cast out the demon then you are starting mm. to um so the discernment is the the <laughs> definitely the key thing here uh, but, uh, just, uh, just, yeah but just comment like we are, we are all smiling and laughing you know about it a bit because we laugh a bit about ourselves and others who might have made mistakes but but of course it is quite serious for the it people uh, really and because uh, and uh, i think also for many people the thing about evil spirit like it's a very scary concept and very yeah. foreign concept that think of a horror movie you know for people that are not used to it at all for us we are more used to it and so we smile a bit because it's it's not such a big deal as you might think um but uh, it can really be hurtful and harmful for a person so i would say that when it comes to deliverance, um, I also have seen some some attempts on deliverance where people assume with their own uh, rational, like an intellectual mind, and they Flesh. just are reason. Yeah, they reason that yeah, you need deliverance, and then the person didn't need it, and then mm. they don't have the sensitivity or the wisdom or the love to understand. And then they become this kind of authority figure who wants to come and pray. I pray hard for you until you are free and there is nothing to be freed from. And so, I mean, in our churches as well, our environments that it's like, uh, yeah, is it important that this is being done in a good way and yeah. um, that we also train people well in how to yeah. serve in humility and love uh, in this so that people can be helped and that, but that's totally possible. And we have seen it many times as well. Yeah. So. Okay. Back to, back to you, Martin. Yeah. But I also just, uh, just adding on that, I think, um we we also need to to uh, understand that it's not about us like we don't need to shout or we don't need to do anything uh, spectacular it's just the the authority in the name of jesus that's the only weapon that we have um and then the discernment of how how to deal with this and also i think it's easy that we rush into things that we haven't really prepared so uh if if we can if we could do this um, um, so plan a plan a time uh, eat well drink well uh, sleep well before and 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 um, do it properly uh, I had a, actually a friend he was uh, the the exorcist in the diocese of the Anglican Church they have uh, 
an exorcist in each diocese there. So it's he like a title, his, like a title, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. but he was also a, a local priest. But he, so all the the possessed in the diocese were sent to him and his wife. So they had um, every third Tuesday and Friday morning they have someone coming, um, and um, they were delivered. So they have over 500 people who were they have helped out on a schedule, so to say. So uh, I think it's also uh, give a bit of perspective of this. This isn't a, a hectic um, 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 ministry. This is something that uh, and it's yeah. Uh, it's also these uh, these couple. They were in the 70s, British. You know, polite, and uh, uh, and I was uh, joining them uh, sometimes, and it, it was so funny. They never, uh, their vo- voice never got loud at all. It's it's like, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave now. <laughs> so it it yeah, it was, and they but they had so much experience, and the authority in the name of Jesus was so um, powerful. Mm. Uh, and I think, yeah, nice. that helped me a lot in, and it helps us understand a bit of the ministry of it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because it's something we do in faith in him, right? It's in his name, in, his, in the name of Jesus. That's the authority and yeah. that the Bible explains about as well that some were traveling around trying to deliver people without the name of Jesus and it didn't work out so well. Mm. Uh, you know, but but I also learned early on as a believer that uh, Jesus has an incredible authority and a power, and you can do these things in in faith, faith in Him, um, and also that sometimes the evil or like um, wants to take a lot of attention and scare us or uh, horror movies, you know. But I think that's also important to say that it's not it's not worth it to give a lot of attention uh, to to the kind of schemes of of the enemy trying to to kind of pretend to be so big and powerful in a sense but more to but we on the other hand we have to be aware of the enemy's schemes and be able to actually help people and so i I think the bible how it talks about it we would often in english say uh, demonized um or to have a demon or a, a spirit and then i think there can be different uh, levels of it Uh, for me after i started to come into this first it was with a guy who had been a missionary to indonesia where he saw a lot of deliverance because it was a totally different culture you know and witch doctors all over and you know jungles and a lot of that in there um but then i I was there was a funny situation because we were in his office this pastor and there was a a husband and a wife who came there was a norwegian man and an asian uh, wife and she needed deliverance and I just remember, like, the husband from Norway was not used to this, you know. Like, yeah, you just saw it was new ground. and But, but he, had, he did understand that there was something here, that, that we, they needed that help, you know. But it was just so new to him. Uh, for her, I think she knew it more because she knew about her own problems and background. And then uh, we were reading from the Bible and then praying and speaking and commanding this uh, spirit to leave and uh, maybe naming the spirit we got revelation on perhaps. Uh, and then she started to shake, not a lot, but a bit. And then the spirit left and then suddenly like she came to peace again. And there was this peace that came in the room, right? And so uh, what I wanted to say is that this is very... Um, 
experiential, like you, you, you experience it when you're in the situation. So it doesn't work to only theory, make it a theory or a intellectual concept or a theological concept, but you actually have to go in there and, and experience it. And the Holy Spirit will, will teach you and guide you as you do this. So I think to practice, you know, but then after a while, you start to see that there are some patterns. And I think this thing about sin done against you or by you can be like a door or it can be generational doors, things that have been done in the generations behind you, uh, where there's a need of repentance, there's a need to to um, to, to deliver. Um, and also, I think that especially also when people have been actively involved in other types of religions of, or faith or spirituality and have actively opened up their lives to spirits, uh, you can expect that there might be something. And uh, But as you start praying for a person, uh, for me, I often find that the Holy Spirit uh, shows me these things, like reveals to me a spirit by revelation, for example. Uh, so I think you like, really want to emphasize that a lot, that the Holy Spirit is your teacher in this. And mm. uh, the, this, the gift of discernment is invaluable in this. And, and so but, but with that, they, there can really be uh, help for, for many people. Mm. So mm. anyone want to add? Yeah, but I think this... Um... These different uh, uh, levels of demonization, or what we'll call it, is um, is really important. And also, um, um, I, to put it simple, I, I think we can have it on on three different levels. But we probably have more. But you have the one uh, more sitting on your shoulder and like. Uh, infecting you and your thinking but like when you're entering to uh into church or into a very when it's get, become very spiritual like the, the the demon jumps off and then waits for you outside and, and then continues that kind of of outer impact of, of the demon and then you have the the two levels with, where you have them inside you and the and the strongest one is when it really takes over you totally, um, and uh, so you don't you are you are not uh, acting according to your will but the demon's will. But the the middle layer there is is more uh, when you have your will and acting and and like your voice and everything, but you are definitely affected of it, like the guy that I I mentioned. Uh, he he couldn't get rid of it, so he had to leave the the um, the tent meeting when it becomes too too spiritual. And I think those mm. different levels are are uh, are also uh, different how how easy it is to to handle it. Uh, the really um, yeah demonized or, or those it's it's take a lot more effort and and probably time to. To get rid of it but i think the key thing for all three of these is that we need to ask the question jesus had do you yeah what can i do for you do you want to be be free from this so the first one is that the person is mm-hmm. um confessing yeah i don't want this uh in my life um and then we have the possibility to to uh, to help them get free of it um, mm. And sometimes, just yes, an, an experience is that we we have to we don't need to use um, all words all the time, like demonized or demons or something. I, I remember once um, 
I was just praying for a lady in a in a youth conference conference. Um, yeah, uh, after the preaching, we were having ministry time, and she came, and I felt that she had um, she had problem with this, uh, but she was like fourteen or something, and I don't know what would happen if I would say, yeah, I think you have a demon. We need to handle this. Um, so I just asked her, uh, yeah, I just got the sense of, yeah, I don't know what it was, but, uh, say lust then now, as you mentioned it, young Jacob, I just for the send, get this, um, is that something that I can pray that you will be rid of? And she says, "Yeah, yeah, that's a problem for me. Can please pray?" And then I, I just uh, in that prayer commanded everything of lust to leave her, and I felt that it it did. But I don't know that she understood that it was like the possession that's been been uh, having. So I think uh, we need to be clear what's happening, but we don't need in order to to the situation uh, really say everything who's who's happening in order to to help to to scare people away so to say but this is a situation i would say that this wasn't um she wasn't demonized of of this it was something that definitely um infected her life uh, in many ways yeah uh, you you want you you want to just uh, love the person in the best possible way and serve the person the best mm. possible way and at the same time, uh, speak to the spirit. And and you can, like Martin said, use the name of what the spirit is about, like lust, for example. You know. So, but um, so but we also need to take that step to actually confront the spirit, and that is biblical. You know that there is a confrontation, there is an authority. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would recommend the people listening to when you come in that situation, don't just pray that God will give them freedom or something, but you speak to the spirit mm. in the yeah. name of Jesus. Well, I see time is, time is running uh, a bit. Um, so we, we will start wrapping up, uh, but Martin, maybe you, you sit with some, or Martin had some more things. Any yeah. of you guys? Yeah, just a few brief comments. One is, mm. uh, I think uh, in act 16, we see that, uh, uh, the, the lady uh, speaking very theologically correct things actually uh, spoke out from evil spirit. And uh, Paul had the discernment uh, in Acts 16, 16. It says that uh, this lady was saying like theologically, systematically, <laughs> theologically correct things. So I upon this point this out uh, without a revelation by the spirit, it would seem that's all good. But Paul is very clear uh, and he's kind of frustrated. <laughs> And so we see that uh, in verse 18, <clears throat> it says, uh, and she kept doing this for many days. She was crying. These are the men, servants of most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. It's like, wow, very, very good phrase. But Paul says, yeah, that he was annoyed. I like that it's mentioned. And he turned and said to the spirit. Yeah. So he, as you mentioned, Aunt Jacob, he, he confronts not the lady, but the spirit. I can't command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. And later, previously, it says it's spirit of divination. So that's one uh, point mm. is that sometimes it can be 
even things that sound Christian-like, but uh, not necessarily comes from the source of God or Holy Spirit. And, and so that's one thing we talk about, the discernment. It's so huge because we really need that mm. the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, second, I think it, it really comes down to the intimacy with God in the prayer life. Uh, we see that it, there is a case where the disciples couldn't cast out the Spirit. Uh, after Jesus comes from the Mount of Transfiguration and, and his disciples struggle to, to cast out the spirit. And it's interesting, if you look, they previously have done it. So there was, uh, yeah, a problem they faced and and Jesus uh, dealt with it. And later he explained that uh, the prayer and fasting in one translation, it says prayer and the other is prayer and fasting. But he says that, that like these are interconnected uh, in order to actually uh, operate in the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So, so there is something really, it's not just a technical thing. It's really it comes down to like your prayer life, your life with uh, God, mm-hmm. uh, your closeness in the way of listening to him and being sensitive to him. And in those moments, we really, we have to be totally dependent on God because uh, yeah, uh, if we start to act in the flesh, then it goes ugly usually. Uh, and the more accurate we, the more dependent on God we ha- are because it's, it's, it's his heart. You're lending uh, your heart uh, to the heart of God to actually set mm-hmm. the captives free. Jesus as a messianic king, he came to set the captives free uh, ultimately through forgiveness of sins. And that includes later uh, the access to freedom and also by the evil spirits. And so when you actually act in this ministry, you, you are aligning with the heart of God for the broken, for the captivated people. So it's really a, a blessed thing. And yeah. the, the more you act, it's like a love of God really shown in power, powerful way. Uh, yeah. and, and so I just want to really encourage this, that the most uh, zealous believers of God, for example, Mary Magdalene, you know, we would see her a lot in the scriptures mentioned in so special ways. Mm. And Luke says that she had seven spirits taken out of her. I think it's mm. Luke 8, uh, Luke 8, 2, if I'm correct. And anyways, yeah, but it's in Luke. So it's like Luke get, gives a specific number, even like amount, like not just spirits, yeah, but seven. Right. So there is a sense mm. of, of sharpness, mm. of accuracy, how many actually were cast out. So what I'm trying to point out is that the most zealous uh, followers of Jesus have gone through these things and, and real experience freedom and then are passionate followers of God. So Amen. we shouldn't be afraid of this topic. It's uh, And we shouldn't use words carelessly. As Martin said, uh, I wouldn't often call it ministry of deliverance. Let's just pray, you know, pray for freedom, pray that you can follow God with mm. everything you have and take away the, mm. the unnecessary terms that uh, scares people off mm. and just really see God and seek uh, God's heart for the person to be free. Yeah. And when yes. we align that, there is just like life and yes. there's so much Amen. God wants to do. And we, I, I believe we are not allowed to actually not go there because there's like the, there, there's the life of Jesus uh, for the people to be free. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah, just two short things to add. I think uh, the end of the Ephesians, when he he says to put the the whole armor on God, um, I think that's a very good preparation for this kind of ministry that we we put on uh, the the armor of God and entering to, we are protected, we are in his righteousness and and so forth. And then um, trying to go two by two. Uh, in this kind of ministry, uh, as we mentioned about the, the inner healing before, uh, it's so um, it's so easy that you have different um, experiences afterward. What happened? So uh, for everyone involved, it's better to be two helping out, at least two helping out the third, than just one on one. It's good, Martin.
Okay. Um, yeah, like we said about also that it's something specific that, um, like you said, Marx is that there was seven, seven spirits, right, uh, from Mary Magdalene, and also thinking that they also have even names as well that kind of uh, corresponds to to what they do, so that Jesus would ask, so what's your name? My name is Legion because we are many, you know, or it was a lying spirit. It says, for example. Or it was a spirit of divination, like you quoted here, and so it's very. It's, it's even if it's invisible, it's still very real, and it's still very, uh, yeah, kind of not tangible. But you know, like so, when a person is being delivered, or you yourself experience being delivered, then you actually experience the spirit leaving. Either you feel it, or you even see it, or you you understand it by revelation. But it's it is something real that happens. And, and it's not like a blurry mix of some spirits you don't know, you know, but actually there are a number, they have mm. different uh, personality or things they do, you know, like, uh, so it, it is a very real thing. And it will afterwards leave a changed life. That's the so most the, important. That's the thing. Hallelujah. So, so then the, the, the lies or the, the suicidal thoughts or the, the darkness a person has been living in or the, or the crippling fear and anxiety that has been, been keeping the person from living her life uh, suddenly is not there anymore. You know? And there's a, like a real substantial change or like this hardness uh, or anger towards a husband or children or towards a wife suddenly it's gone and the marriage changes. Like when I quote this, these are things we have experienced. That's why I say it. Um, and it really changes and the person really knows it, you know. And then the Bible says that then when the spirits leave the house, then then the important thing is that it's being filled by the other side, by the good side, you know, the Holy Spirit takes the, takes the, um, comes and fills the person and that Jesus is the Lord, uh, is if he was not the believer from before. And also that if there has been a lot of lies from trauma and things that, that we build in the truth, you know, the truth about who God is, the truth about who you are, you know, the, the mm. upbuilding positive truth gets built into the person and builds almost like a, a wall of protection in a sense for the person's life, you know, and the, Jesus is the Lord now. And, and there will be no kind of sliding back into these things, but Jesus is the Lord, he's the king, he's stronger than, than the enemy. So the enemy can't come back, right? And so um, so this, this topic is... Um, it's actually wonderful. <laughs> Jacob, can yeah. I, uh, I know it's late in the episode, mm. but I was just reminded to maybe very, very briefly uh, to just touch the aspect. Sorry, guys, it's late, but I think we, oh, it's okay. to, yeah. uh, I think we mentioned a lot of, and I did it myself, uh, serving the people that are fellow believers. You know, we talked about like uh, the affliction for a believer and the deliverance in a church setting, etc. But maybe in brief, guys, your uh, comment on... Uh, on praying for non-believers uh, and and a person that doesn't know Jesus, uh, you know, and and just like brief explanation for someone listening, uh, in the case where what does the Bible say or what's your experience in, in praying for the deliverance, you know, for the house that's filled, uh, you know, uh, with demonic, either it's New Age or whatever. Uh, how would you proceed, and what could you just suggest in the ending for someone thinking about this, how it goes together? It's a big one, but sure. I think we, we, you know, it's a question because uh, I think it's a relevant one because maybe we mostly cover the, uh, you know, the church environment, but we have a heart for missions, right? And we talk about making disciples and the persons of peace and, and these things. So, yeah, how does it correlate? 
Yeah, in, in short, I will say, uh, um, yeah, the repent and believe. So you repent the previous. Uh, I, I don't want to be part of that uh, yeah, occult thing that I've been part of. I am, uh, yeah, I'm like saying no to that. And then uh, it's also then be, um, I'm saying yes to Jesus and, and, and I want, want him both as, as Lord and Savior, but also that he will set me free from my past. Uh, and I think that those areas are important because if you don't want to have Jesus as Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter. Uh, then we we then we shouldn't go in in that kind of ministry, for example. Or if you don't want to repent, that uh, that things say, yeah, I can be Christian, but also having these kind of uh, uh, occult uh, things, uh, having this uh, tarot card or Vija boards or whatever. So uh, we have to to um, yeah, look in those kind of areas first, and then we can enter into this deliverance. AJ, and I, th I think that uh, that um, there is all, there is uh, in addition to what Martin says about the importance of repentance and Jesus's lordship for the person to be established also after being set free. Uh, there is another point, and that is that um, I personally would pray for anyone if the Holy Spirit leads me to do it. And see, also Jesus went about delivering a lot of different kinds of people and and it doesn't really say uh, what their uh, response was fully or where they were in terms of dealing to, uh, with God or not and and then you have even Paul you know who casts out this spirit of divination from this uh, slave girl uh, like uh, Martin's quoted right and and uh, basically the spirit was kind of harassing them in a way of Paul's or like Paul didn't like it what the spirit was doing and so so I think uh, sometimes you can also have a case where people are uh, affected by spirits and they actually need to be delivered uh, to be open to to be able to really open to Jesus actually open their heart like we've had people who wasn't they were not even able to say the name of Jesus they tried to say it but they couldn't because the spirit kept them from speaking mm. the name of jesus you know so then we go in and we take that spirit away we we break that power we send it away and then the person suddenly is free to embrace jesus so i think in the missions context as well you sometimes hear those stories where the holy spirit tells a missionary cast out all these spirits from from all these people that are manifesting in everything and 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 then they they share the gospel with them, you know. So I think we we have to be like be pragmatic in our theology as the Bible is as well, and then be led by the Holy Spirit. But 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 surely the gospel, uh, of course, is always um, of core importance. You know the the gospel about Jesus because that will be what will keep people, will save people, and will be the future life for people. So yeah, I think. Uh... I've been challenged by the same question because I'm more a pragmatic guy. So, uh, so in that sense, uh, 98% have been like deliverances to, to fellow believers. So, so that's why I'm just asking this question. It's good to talk very honestly because yeah, we see those points in scripture where I would say, you know, it's always has to be about the gospel because that's the ultimate, uh, deliverance, right. From the domain of mm -hmm. Satan, uh, ultimately. And that's what we end at the end of the day for any type of healing you want the person to come to salvation uh because that's a life eternal <clears throat> and then at the same time 
I think there are these cases where we have to be sensitive and, uh, and while keeping the gospel at the center, yet uh, understand how it can be different routes to get there. And, uh, and I just wanted to bring this up because I think it's relevant. And uh, just one example was something also Martin mentioned. There was a, a, a guy, I was uh, a good friend of mine and we spent some time and he's into kind of Hindu new age. And, and uh, we had like really good conversations uh, about, yeah, spirituality and, and Jesus and Bible and, and yeah, concepts in, in his understanding. And then after long talks, theologically explaining, uh, I got a word of knowledge about uh, his physical problem. I prayed and in his words, he would explain he felt my energy. Um, and I, I was explaining in my terms, in biblical terms, that it's actually Holy Spirit touching his physical body. So, and uh and while I was praying, uh, he felt um, how he would uh, describe energy moving in his body. And at some point, this energy, uh, his energy, he would say, started choking him. Uh, and I said, do you know what's that energy? Uh, and we have a very open conversation as I pray for him. And he says, yeah, it's fear. And he said, you know, I can move it around my body. And so while I was praying, the more I talked with him, I understood uh, and I explained to him, I can pray for freedom only if you want Jesus, because uh, only he can set you free. Uh, and he didn't. And he started smiling kind of arrogantly and say, but he, he doesn't need Jesus because he, he can move this energy around. And, you know, uh, politely, but I basically stopped praying and, and you know, I let him move uh, this energy around in his body. And, and it's kind of new age, you know, spiritual kind of things uh, these days people uh, encounter. So why I'm just mentioning that I like what Martin, you also mentioned and what you, Jacob, uh, you know, uh, say, I think we have to have the wholesome look and look to the scriptures and yet be very open in a specific situation while keeping the gospel and the salvation at the center, engage each person where they are and, and see if they really actually want uh, kind of go towards Jesus or it's just like some spiritual something and they actually... It's just like a game or, or you know, they, they are mm. not aware of what's happening. And in those cases, I think it's wise kind of to, to just leave them alone and, you know, uh, not go that direction. Yeah. So. There's a difference between people who have uh, who are sincere and yeah. are in trouble, basically. They don't maybe even understand what their trouble is. Yeah. Uh, but they really suffer under it, you know, but they don't even maybe have a concept about it. That, that's, a, that's one case. In other cases, somebody who is very aware of the spirit realm, who are uh, engaging in, in, you know, a new age or Satanism or something or, or, and, and say that they want to be free or I don't know. But, but then you find that actually they haven't, they haven't repented. They are not willing to let go, actually. And they, they, you don't know, even understand why they don't get free. Even. But the, so I think it's like you say, Marx, is that you really have to understand your audience or your subject or your, the person mm -hmm. in front of you, you know, but the Holy Spirit would know. So I think that just by, by, by practice, by experience, he teaches you and you will learn. Uh, we, we learn more and more, right? Amen. In this mm -hmm. area. And it, uh, it's really something that church needs that we need as believers and uh, it's been very important i know for all of us who are gathered here in this virtual room today so yeah i i guess then maybe um maybe we run we round up mm, yeah i think Let's this say, was uh, this was very mm -hmm. useful uh, and i think uh, we are yeah we are learning as we go and it's uh, good to share like uh yeah, raw uh, stories and just learn uh, both from the scriptures and then kind of uh, look in the context of our daily lives, you know, how they interact and uh, 
Yeah, so everyone listening just really be encouraged because it's, uh, you know, Jesus uh, sends us to make disciples and then he says part of it will include also uh, the deliverance. We uh, mm. So so we, uh, yeah, we don't have to be afraid of this topic and it's good to learn together yeah. uh, how to walk in it in, in God's uh, heart and love for people. Yeah, yes. And I, I was just thinking also now about this thing in the Bible says about spirits that are causing uh, sickness, like spirits of infirmity or affliction, or, you know, that, that is something that like people got well physically, so to say, when the spirit left in the Bible. And I personally have had several instances in my life where I was chronically ill for over longer time and, and, and several times where doctors couldn't find anything wrong with me. They did many different kinds of tests and uh, they didn't find anything. And every time of those times I was healed uh, when I understood I had a revelation that it was spiritually caused as like an attack on my body, so to say. And when that spirit was, uh, was confronted, uh, when that was broken, when that was re- like exposed, I was instantly healed and everything was gone. And I was totally well. And so sometimes when you pray for somebody who's sick, and for example, there's a pain and the pain starts moving around in the body, for example, it's moving, you know, that's for us. One of the things when we start to think, ah, mm, it could be a spirit, for example, you know, so this is a whole like realm that I think is very important that we open up. Um, and there's just a lot of land to to go into for us as believers, and especially living in this kind of bit like secular Europe of today. Uh, in some other cultures, this is much more common just to say yeah. it straight out so we can relax and think we are not kind of wild to go into this, but this can really help you in helping other people. So, um, yeah. So then I think we just say, yeah, thank you so much for today. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Luke 13, for those that want to dig this passage about uh, yeah, the physical pain and the spiritual cause, read Luke 13 about the way a lady with a disabling uh, spirit. So, just mm. connect with your story, Antiago. Yeah, good. And any good. any last words from you, Martin? No. No. <laughs> then we just wish you all a wonderful week. Uh, keep we keep walking with Jesus, and we are very happy that you are with us on this Jesus walks uh, journey, where we where we are learning to walk like Jesus and with Jesus and serve the way that He serves. So, uh, well, we will see you and uh, next time. Have a great week. Bye bye. Bye.